0: You're listening to the Stretch 4 Podcast on the Underdog Podcast Network, and this is Episode 8. It's March Madness. We're in the thick of it. Sister Jean and Loyola Chicago. Damn, man, it's been great to watch. What are your guys' thoughts on the uh, the tournament thus far, and how are your brackets doing? Mine is bloody red. I've already given up.
1: This has been, what, two years now since we've had an NCAA tournament, actually, because it didn't happen last year. So it's been really nice to watch some hoops. Uh, Loyola Chicago, like you just mentioned. Sister Jean bringing her good luck, uh, taking down number one seed, Illinois. I mean, it's been really fun to watch, but uh, I don't know. It's still not the NBA, though.
2: Uh, my bracket is, is tour all to hell, man. Um, but I got to say, I know Coughler's Terrapins are still dancing, and my Mountaineers are still dancing. As we record this right now, they're taking on Syracuse, and we're about to squeeze the oranges, they say. So I, I expect West Virginia to be in this for the Sweet 16. I'm loving it so far, man. I love the upsets.
3: And I may not have a perfect bracket, but I still got my national championship uh, uh, pick in there. So so the Terrapins are still dancing, like Zach said. Chances of them uh, making it to the, to the finals is pretty unlikely, but, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how far they did, can go. Did you actually pick the Terrapins that go all the way? Yeah, in my fake bracket. Okay, okay.
0: Well, yeah, so today we're going to talk about players you need to buy up right now at the trade deadline we're going to talk about some players that have actually been become point guards. Zion Williamson, DeMar DeRozan, Tobias Harris. Is this for real? And then Fantasy Life without LeBron. What's that going to look like? We'll also share some of our hot pickups. And lastly, take some questions from Twitter with Bernsey's mailbag. But first, Zach, can you tell the listeners about what they can do to, to get a free subscription from Hashtag Basketball?
2: Sure, man. Yeah. So for Hashtag Basketball, our good friends over there have given us five free subscriptions to their premium content. If you haven't checked out Hashtag Basketball yet, they have plenty of free tools 22 to be exact they have free tools on their website they have rankings they have up-to-date content they have articles uh, they're covering everything you need to know about fantasy basketball but if you want to go onto the website at free get access to their slack channel and get some early content drops We're giving that away right now. We have five free subscriptions to that right now. All you have to do is go to our podcast on Apple, leave a review, and sign with your Twitter handle. We're going to pick five of those randomly. Uh, We've been running this for two weeks now. We're going to give it one more week, and we're going to pick five people randomly. And we're going to get you set up with a premium ad-free subscription with premium content. So, again, just go to Apple Podcasts, look for the Stretch 4 rate and review and sign your Twitter handle. And it does not have to be a positive review. You can tell us we're doing awesome. You can tell us we suck. Um, you can. Tell that's us- not the case. <laughs>
0: we're the best in the
2: game. I know, man. But if you're looking for that premium subscription, that's all it takes. So uh, thanks, man. That's That's all you got to do. And then
0: also, are you still planning to get it, get in the Top Shot craze? I know you you said that you were going to gift some lucky listener a moment. Are you still planning to do that?
2: It's the same process, my man. All you have to do is leave a review, sign your Twitter handle, and we're giving away a Delon right Top Shot Assist moment. We'll uh, last for the same amount of time. One more week, and we're going to give away one of those to one lucky reviewer. Awesome, man.
0: That's a dope little promo. Definitely go to hashtag basketball. I was going to touch on that. You know, With the trade deadline coming up on March 26th for most fantasy leagues, the advanced schedule grid is a huge value add for if anyone, if you're trying to plan out who to target, who to pick up for late in the season as you're making your playoff run, certainly use those tools. But speaking of the trade deadline, news just dropped. We're recording this on Sunday that kyle lowry is receiving interest from the sixers and the miami heat we also hear that lonzo ball who was held out on sunday night is also on the block as well as victor oladipo now the houston rockets just lost their 20th game in a row they are complete hot garbage so it would be no surprise if oladipo is on the move but adam want to get your take which one do you think is on the move the quickest and i guess from a fantasy standpoint Where are we – what are we thinking that this is going to end up in terms of, you know, opportunity for other players if people are moved?
3: Yeah, so we've got Oladipo uh, on the block. My assumption is he's traded uh, before the NBA trade deadline on March 26th. Uh, Reminder that your fantasy basketball – excuse me, March 25th, and then your fantasy basketball trade deadline is March 26th. So, you know, those kind of go hand in hand, which is kind of nice. Um, if Oladipo gets traded, there's going to be a lot of opportunity there in Houston for a couple guys that we've discussed on the podcast previously. Uh, like Dan said, the Rockets have also lost 20 straight games. What I could see happening is Oladipo gets traded, a guy like John Wall with his knee issues gets shut down. If both those guys are off the floor, you can expect Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, to, to enter back into the starting lineup and see his usage, uh, skyrocket like it was before Oladipo and John Wall were on the floor. Uh, Christian Wood is now back. He's played three games. He looks back to his old self. I know that's Burns' guy from earlier in the season. He's a 25 and 12 guy. They paid him a lot of money. He's a youngster, so I really like him going forward. I would consider him a buy low as a guy who hasn't played in a little bit of time. Um, so there's definitely going to be some minutes open up on the Rockets here uh, going forward. There's no way that John Wall plays, you know, the majority of the games moving forward in the second half of the season, right, guys?
1: No, not at all. And uh, thanks for attributing Christian Wood to me because that was my boy. I mean, everybody knew he was going to be really good. Houston was a great, a great uh, scene for him. But real quick, we just talk about him for a second. I mean, he came back and he's put 27 points today, eight rebounds in 36 minutes. Looks like he's off a minute's restriction. Uh, I just want to add that nugget that, that we did say by him over the last, I'd say three podcasts. So looks like people that did, it is paying off big time. And it's going to keep paying off big time.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of curious about, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but one of my top waiver wire pickups is, is Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I think he's going to be a huge beneficiary if Alonzo Ball is moved at the deadline. Very curious about where Alonzo ends up. We've heard some, some teams rumored the Warriors, but I think we'll hear a lot more in the coming days. And Mark Stein just released a report saying that, you know, there's, Ah, uh, small group of suitors that are looking for Oladipo and and Lonzo Ball. So we'll continue to update that. Check our Twitter accounts. We'll be definitely be the ones to report in the news. So uh, check in for that. And Adam, I know you got another thought on this.
3: Yeah, just a quick a quick uh, nugget on Nikhil Alexander Walker. He started on Sunday for Lonzo Ball, ended up playing 30 minutes, dropped 20 points, and uh, took 15 shots. So he's definitely a guy that's going to be a a target uh, here you know, in the next couple of days, he's probably a guy that's still on your waiver wire. Cause he's, he was probably dropped when Lonzo was getting hot. Uh, so he's a guy I'd be looking to pick up. And I know that's something we're going to discuss later in the show, but that just wanted to bring that up now with the Lonzo trade rumors.
2: Yeah. And if I can, uh, if I can just add on to that call for, I think that's a great point. I think uh, Josh Hart is worth adding as well. You know, over the last week, he's been 13 and seven guy, three assists. Maybe a whole lot on defense, uh, but he's a three point specialist. I, uh, you know, two threes a game over the last week. So he's been a real big value. And, uh, you know, I think that production only increases if Lonzo is moved.
0: Agreed. So let's get into our first segment, official segment. What players are you buying up shares at the trade deadline and who are you selling? I'll start with, I'll start with Alex. Who are you liking?
1: Yeah. So um, looking at the show sheet here. Uh, you guys have a lot of really good names of people that you're going to be buying. Guys like John Morant and uh and so and I'm sure you're gonna get into that. So I'll let you guys have that. For me, I wanna talk about two guys that I'd be selling right now. And it's they're over in Minnesota on the Timberwolves. It's Ricky Rubio and it's Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards has been in the spotlight a lot this last week. I mean, he's put up twenty-six points, six rebounds, three assists this month. And he just came uh, off of a 42-point game, a 34-point game in the last six days. So he, he's really, really, really – his value is at an all-time high right now. Uh, I mentioned this a little bit last pod. Malik Beasley's coming back. D'Angelo Russell could return next week. Ricky Rubio and Anthony Edwards, they're going to see their usage rates uh, just completely fall to, to, to shred. So those are two guys that have been really productive over the last month or so that I'm looking to get rid of at the trade deadline. And I would sell right now where their value is very high.
0: So I want to pose one random thought to you, Alex. What are the prospects that D'Angelo Russell is actually going to be there? I mean, yeah, they paid him a lot of money, but like, how can you ignore and put Anthony Edwards back in the bench? Like, you can't put this kid back in the corner after what he's been doing, right? Like, I feel like something's got to give. It's not going to be Malik Beasley because they paid him a ton of money. He's going to be coming back pretty soon. I don't know. Maybe they just have a log jam at the position, but I think it's going to be an interesting thing to watch when D'Angelo Russell does return to the lineup, how that does affect him. So I am with you on. Uh, possibly trading him.
1: Yeah, and and that's totally true. And I don't think, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think D'Angelo Russell um, poses a long-term threat to Anthony Edwards at all. Malik Beasley is the kind of guy that I worry about more because yeah. I feel like he and Edwards kind of have similar gameplay styles, where they they put up a lot of shots. Sometimes it's inefficient. Uh, they don't do a ton in other categories. So uh, D'Angelo Russell is a facilitator. He's going to kill Ricky Rubio's value when he comes back. But I feel like. Anthony Edwards, his value, he's gonna lose. I would say probably four to five shots a game when Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell come back. Carl Anthony Towns is back and just had forty one points the other game. Um, I would I would just look like to sell both of those guys. I don't think their value is gonna be the same as it has been the last week or two weeks.
3: And that's and that's the key, right, Alex. It's it's that both those guys, Beasley and Edwards, both provide you fantasy value in in one or two aspects, and that's that's points and three pointers. Um, they don't really do a whole lot else. So you know, when, one's, when one's in the game, they're kind of taken away from the other guy. So I think that's kind of important to note.
1: Yeah, and I'll just uh, – I'll, I'll throw one more guy uh, in there. <clears throat> uh, DeAndre Ayton, uh, he's been absolutely terrible. I think he is my uh, fantasy bust so far this season. Somebody who had a third-round uh, average draft position. People were taking him at the, the beginning of the third round, sometimes late third round. He's been dreadful. I mean, we talk about the Devin Booker and the Chris Paul effect and how it's kind of – uh, cap the upside. DeAndre Ayton has not seen 30 minutes in any game this month. He's averaging 12.9 points in just 24.4 minutes per game. That's just disgusting for me. I don't even know if you can trade him. His value is at an all-time low right now, but uh, interested to hear your thoughts. We talked
3: about this before with with guys on really good teams that are in you know lesser roles than we thought they were going to be. DeAndre Ayton's that guy. The Suns are second in the West. So the Suns are doing something right, and guess what they're doing right? They added Chris Paul in the offseason. That's what they're doing right. So DeAndre Ayton absolutely is sell, but what's his value right now, right? And so I don't, I don't know that you're getting that much for him. So he might just be a hole because of that.
1: Exactly. I mean, honestly, I would try and wait for a blow-up game, maybe like a 25-point, 13-rebound performance. But, but uh, yeah, it's
0: been pretty gross so far. I've Gotta say, might get it tonight against the Lakers. DeAndre
1: Ayton is literally Mason Plumlee with a bigger name in fantasy basketball right now.
0: Honestly, if you look at their stats, but he passes passes way less yeah. though like his assist totals are not yeah. don't don't stack up to mason yes Lumbly's. i
1: think i would rather have time lord and and i think this question too is is format specific so if we're talking categories deandre Ayton obviously gives you a little boost because he can step back and hit the three chris paul off the pick and roll that kind of stuff but but time lord's been great i think his minutes are only going to climb i mean they should i like to think brad stevens is a, right. a pretty smart guy a good coach Um, there's Boston does not have a future with Tristan Thompson. He's on his way out. In my opinion, he hasn't even been available for most games. Rob, uh, Robert Williams. He has to be the guy that gets minutes alongside Daniel Tice. And I think they're starting to realize that.
0: So I think that's a good point that you uh, brought up Mason Plumley. I don't think it'd be out of the realm of possibility to trade Plumley for Deandre Ayton, because I think at least, you know, that you're going to get the Detroit Pistons playing all the time. They're going to get blown out. He's going to get the minutes. He got a contract. He's been a very valuable fantasy asset. So, I mean, that's a that's a big name that you could have for somebody that's cheaper. That's actually probably providing more value across the board there.
3: Bring up the Pistons, and then you gotta I gotta go to the the, the players that I got on the Pistons on the show sheet, right? So, you know, Isaiah Stewart has played more minutes in each of the last three games than Mason Plumley, and the games have been relatively close. So it's not like it's not like their blowouts and Isaiah Stewart's getting minutes over Mason Plumley because of that. You know, Isaiah Stewart's a guy down the stretch. Again, on bad teams, I want players that are young. First round draft capital. The team wants to know what they got in these guys. They're going to see heavy minutes going forward. Isaiah Stewart's definitely a guy in that situation that I'd be looking to make a proactive add-on or speculative add-on moving forward. So speaking of, on on the ads,
0: I know you're going to talk about this in a little bit, Adam. But you know, for the targets of people, you know, I just mentioned the Nikhil Alexander Walker. He's a person you want to jump on now and get ahead of that. But there's also with the Memphis Grizzlies and the San Antonio Spurs having the best schedule for the second half of the season. I think those are the players that really should be attractive on the trade market. We could name John Morant, De- DeJounte Murray is for me. I think these are the guys you really want to get because I think that they play 40 games over the next 68 days, which is absurd. So you're getting guys that are going to be playing four, five, five times a week when you when you need that production the most so um adam I'll, I'll pass it to you on why you should buy low on on john Morant.
3: yeah so that's a good point and and you consider it's important to note that both the spurs and the grizzlies are both in a playoff race so it's not like they have a lot of games but you know the guys the the, the superstar guys are not going to play maybe back to backs you know so on and so forth so these guys are likely going to be playing a lot right um so so i like a lot i like Guys on the Spurs and Grizzlies, it just so happens that John Morant has struggled of late, and that's why he's a buy low for me now. Uh, Last four games, he's only averaging 14 points on 33% shooting, three rebounds, five assists, and turning the ball over almost four times per game. The minutes are still there. He's still averaging 32 minutes per game. So I just, I really like, you know, all the games that Memphis is going to play. They don't play less than four games in any week moving forward. So that's that's a key number, right? A lot of teams play three games every other week, something like that. Uh, not the Memphis Grizzlies, and I don't believe the San Antonio Spurs either. So, you know, if I'm trading for a guy, give me the John Morant, the Jonas Valanciunas, the the Dejounte Murray, the DeMar DeRozan. I want all those guys.
0: Yeah, I just to, uh, just to go off of that point. Um, you mentioned the 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 uh, DeMar DeRozan. I was going to Dejounte Murray actually because. Uh, over the last week, just a recency bias and much as the way that you've been describing John Moran's play as of late, I mean, you know, Murray is the 62 ranked player overall last week, he was 114 didn't play particularly well. So I think this is a good time that you can snatch him at his lowest point because his his value is only going to rise as the season wears on out. Um, yeah,
1: but I'll say with, with DeJounte Murray and, and even DeMar DeRozan, what at what cost, though, because if you take a look at the Spurs, obviously, like you just mentioned, they're going to be playing a lot more games when it's all said and done over the next couple of weeks. But if you look at the Spurs, and this is something I found super interesting. I'm a big usage percentage guy. I think usage translates to fantasy points. The many more shots you take, the more times you have the ball. There are seven guys on San Antonio's roster that have usage rates between 20 and 26%. So there's a lot of guys they're relying on right there. Um, DeMar DeRozan's leading them with 26, and then DeJounte Murray is right under him. So I don't really know how DeJounte Murray's value fell. I mean, was it because DeRozan came back? or Because I know Murray just missed one game the last week, and he was pretty solid before that, right?
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was more so he's just, his scoring's dropped off last week as well as his assists which is I think that's correlates to what we're going to talk about later in, in DeMar DeRozan's uh, recent surge in that in that category but yeah you're right I mean he's still getting 33 minutes a game 48 percent and 92 from the line so it's really just I think the other thing that always boosted his value was his defensive stats and he only got one steal in the course of a week which is like very abnormally low for him so
2: yeah I just want to add on to that uh, since we're talking about the Spurs a player that's been kind of up and down recently, Keldon Johnson. His last two games, uh, he's averaged 20 points, 15 rebounds, three assists, and a block. He had that 23 and 21 game earlier this week that was just huge. He had really been struggling, especially with, uh, you know, Lamarcus Aldrich and DeRozan out of the lineup, and you had expected him to take on a bigger role there. Uh, but he really struggled, and he was a guy that was kind of on my, uh, you know, drop line of thinking he was a guy that I was willing to just cut bait on he's been huge over his last couple of games what do you guys think about him moving forward I'm
0: still I'm still confused at how he got 20, 20 rebounds in a game like where did the hell did that come from <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I
1: I think He's good. And to to Zach's point, um, you asked where do we stand on him still. I think it's what I just said is like there's a bunch of guys, a handful uh, of guys that are are seeing a ton of usage there in San Antonio. So he's going to have his nights where he has 25 points, 23 points, 20 rebounds. Well, probably not 20 rebounds again, but a good amount of rebounds. And then other nights where he just posts duds. So it's kind of like a little inconsistent. Same with Lonnie Walker had 31 points last night. Don't expect that moving forward.
3: In all seriousness, right, Kelvin Johnson was probably guarding a bigger guy that made him go closer to the basket. That's, 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 in all likelihood, that's what happened. Additionally, I mean, Popovich is known for his crazy rotations. Uh, and one, one guy that's, that's uh, you know, suffers from that all the time is Jakob, Jakob Pertel, right? Some, some games he'll play 35 minutes and go off, we'll be like, oh, Jakob Purdle, go buy this man right now. And the next game he'll play 18 yeah. minutes. Uh, so the pop the pop rotations are tough. The guys that are steady uh, with the minutes right now are are Murray, DeRozan, and Derek White.
1: Yeah, something funny about Jakob Erdl, uh real quick, is that he had a thirteen percent usage rate without Aldridge and with Aldridge, he has a thirteen percent usage rate. His value it's just the same. He has the same <laughs> role essentially on offense. So, but I, I, I that makes
3: no that makes that makes absolutely does no not
0: sense. Fluctuate at all. Well, another another stat that's actually kind of interesting is that. LaMarcus Aldridge in the pick and roll had 22 assists with DeJounte Murray, whereas Yaka Pertle in less games had only 13. So I don't know, maybe there's something to Pertles is not that good at running the offense <laughs> or like being a part of the offense. Well, no, I don't know. <clears throat> Well, no, because you, to your point, that's a
1: great point. That's a really good point. Aldridge is great for mid range. Right. He really developed that over the last few years and, He's a great pick-and-pop threat. That's why I want him as a Heat fan in Miami. I think he could be really good there to stretch the floor. That's actually a good fit. Yeah. yeah I agree. Jacoperto I agree. can't do that. I mean, Jacoperto gets his offense from offensive rebounds and from alley-oops or right. something off the pick-and-roll. He can't step back out and hit the hit the mid-range jump shot. So that's a really good point that you made. And and Aldridge leaving this offense as he's, um, you know, he's seeking a buyout, that will have some ramifications like that on the other players, you know, DeJounte Murray's assist totals that, and that kind of thing.
3: Can I just make a quick point on Time Lord Robert Williams? Before before you make the point,
0: I just want to say his rostering is now up to 62%. I will stake claim in the Stretch 4 podcast for the reason for that because you guys are listening and you're picking him up. I've been on
3: the Time Lord since day one. Let's go. I guess on that note, uh, buy buy him low off of his performance on Sunday because Time Lord only played 14 (laughs) minutes and was a minus 13 in a 16-point win. That is terrible. Nobody, nobody else on the team had a minus, uh, plus minus in the minus. Uh, uh, well, uh, actually, Peyton Pritchard did too, but he's, he's a scrub too. I mean, I, I touted him earlier in the season when when a lot of the, when a lot of the Celtics were, you know, on the pine uh, due to injury. But, you know, I, I don't know about Robert Williams. I also don't know about the Celtics playing a 10-man rotation that I, I like that very much.
1: When a couple weeks ago, when, when Dan mentioned time Lord as a, a really good waiver wire ad, I, I must say, I'm going to take the L I was uh, against that. I said, ah, he's not a must add for me. I don't like Tristan Thompson, Daniel Tice. And I felt so stupid adding him in all my leagues this week when I was going through when I was adding him, I was thinking about when I said on the podcast. So I just wanted to come on there and say, yes, if we're going to give Zach credit for Kevin Porter jr. And shout that from the rooftops, we got to give Dan credit for time Lord. Cause he's been great.
0: He's been very useful. He may not be a league winner, but he is useful. So, Zach, who are you buying up shares of at the deadline?
2: At the deadline right now, man, uh, I'm going to continue to buy up Moses Brown. I talked about him last week. Uh, he had another big game today with Al Horford, quote-unquote, resting. Uh, not sure how much Al Horford needs to rest at this point in his career. He's not 80 years old, um, so he can still play. But, you know, the Thunder's tanking. They're looking for uh, some upside plays right now. So, Moses Brown is a guy I'm definitely buying up. Emmanuel quote quickly is somebody that I'd like to to buy up just because of the upside the scoring has been huge we know what he can do when he actually gets some minutes from Tibbs which is not all the time but it seems like he's started to uh, earn a little bit more trust and a little bit more run in that rotation and one other guy that I'd like to highlight right now is going to be Larry Nance so since he's come back he's just been big man uh, he's been back for five games now, dating back to March 12th. Uh, he's gone for 11 11 and 6, 2.2 assists, 1.4 steals. He's shooting better than 50% from the floor, 70% from the free throw line. Point percentage is probably holding you back a little bit, but uh, there's a guy that you can probably get pretty cheap. I think he has a lot of upside moving forward. So those are three guys that I'm definitely uh, trying to acquire prior to the trade deadline here in a week.
3: Yeah, Zach. I love I love how you call Moses Brown a, a a buy low, right? So so Moses Brown, in all seriousness, is probably on the wa- he's probably on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues, and and I I, I agree though, right? I like Moses Brown a lot for a got for a guy that's uh you know likely gonna play a lot down the stretch, even even with Horford in the lineup, he's still playing more than twenty minutes a game, you know. A lot of guys rest on back to backs. Horford just rests whenever he wakes up and he feels tired, so. <laughs> in all seriousness, a Horford's a guy that could absolutely be uh, plucked from the Thunder uh, for, uh, on a playoff contender before the trade deadline. That's definitely a possibility. And if that's the case, Moses Brown's going to start to average like 12, 13, 14 rebounds a game. Uh, and it gets you a lot of blocks, too. So, so I'm, I'm with you there, even though I was, I was cooking you uh, uh, last week for the call. But uh, I'm in full agreement with Moses Brown. I even shouted you out about it on Twitter. So,
0: I'm going to go back to Time Lord for one second. Adam since you seem to think that he's a bum who he's I'm gonna tell you the people that he's currently above from last week over the last seven days Nicole Jokic Zach Levine Kawhi Leonard your buddy Buddy Heald who is currently the ninth ranked player over the last seven days so I will end my rant on Time Lord but I just want to tell you how much of a beast he was
3: Titus bomb so, so he's a sell high then right there?
0: Sure, I don't think you're gonna get much for him just because he doesn't have the name notoriety. But I, I think you just ride the wave, man. There's nothing wrong with getting a, a little, hold. getting a little trash. He's,
3: I agree. He's he's a hold. He's he's shooting like 90% from the field, and he blocks like three shots a game. That's why he was the, the thing. The, uh, the, the is mean, I mean, six, I mean, sixth overall? I mean, yeah, uh, ninth overall. Ninth overall. That's wild. That's wild. It is. I wild. mean, in, in in a in a points league, like not not, not so not much. much. I like him a lot more in it. Love him in category league. Feel you. All right. Peace. All right. peace. I feel like we're always going to go back to Robert Williams in this, in this podcast. <laughs> peace.
0: All right. So let's move on to the good stuff. The hot pickups heading into week 13, but I already mentioned Nikhil Alexander Walker. I think he's a great opportunity. If Lonzo gets traded, Adam already stated, he already dropped 20 points tonight without L- Lonzo ball in the lineup. Another person I think you'll want to add is Marcus Morris, senior. I think he's going to have a good opportunity to get some minutes now seems like Nic- Nicholas Batum is now on the bench by Ty Lu. So with the additional minutes, Marcus Morris is a guy that can get you some three-pointers. He can get you some steals and, and uh, usually around five to six rebounds per contest. Usually pretty efficient with the ball, doesn't turn it over that much. So if you're looking for a cheap source of three-pointers, points, rebounds, go get Marcus Morris Sr. He's pretty low ownership right now.
1: I'll actually go... Well, let let me go real quick because I got. I just want to hit two names really quick. Hamadou Diallo. I talked about him last week on the pod. He's twenty five percent rostered. His thirty uh, per thirty six averages are eighteen points, eight rebounds a game in his uh, time with Oklahoma City. So he's going to get a lot of run. I think Adam mentioned it earlier in the. Pod about how Detroit they're just terrible and he's gonna get a lot of playing time when he's healthy. Uh Will Barton, 45% rostered in ESPN leagues. He's been really good, averaging like 35 points a game this month. Uh and then one quick thing I want to hit, and then I'll throw it back to one of you guys, is this is a courtesy reminder to go ahead and scoop up DeAndre Hunter. So DeAndre Hunter is gonna be returning any day now. He was really good in the beginning of the season. And I have a fun fact for you guys. I think probably in every podcast the name John Collins has popped up in the form of, oh, he's a sell high. He, you know, Clint Capella caps his upside. I took a look at the numbers and it actually looks like DeAndre Hunter is the one that caps his upside. When DeAndre Hunter is on the court, John Collins, sees an 18% usage rate, an 18% usage rate. And for reference, Dwayne Bacon, Jarrett Culver, and Bobby Portis have higher usage rates than John Collins when DeAndre Hunter is on the floor. So this is, this is a sell John Collins uh, blurb right here, and it's also an add DeAndre Hunter blurb as well uh, this week.
0: Yeah, that's an awesome stat. Ew, Dwayne Bacon getting more usage? Jesus, that is
3: – wow, that is astonishing.
1: Dwayne Bacon. Yeah, I'm just going to say that again. Dwayne Bacon.
3: Burns, I, I like that. John Collins is another one of those guys whose name's been thrown around there on the – in trade rumors, I, I think. So he, with, uh, with a crowded – they've got a crowded team there in Atlanta with uh, Gallinari and Bogdanovich and Hunter coming back. They've got a pretty crowded squad. So I could, I could see Collins on the move too.
1: Well, they've won like eight straight games, and I think they just said a couple days ago or something that they're not moving them, and I, that holds no weight to me at all. Teams say that all the time and then, then shit people. Um,
0: but, but, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, McMillan is flowers, man. Ever since Lloyd Pierce has been out of there, they've yeah. been winning, winning a lot. So, 8 no. Zach, who you got as your your pickups?
2: So, look, man, um, you know, we talked about Marcus Morris. You guys just mentioned him. In case you guys didn't know, I am the father of twin girls. So, I know a little bit about twins. And I would like to name one Markeef Morris. Not Marcus, Markeith. That's right. You can just call me the Keith catcher because I'm going to be picking up Markeith Morris. Keef. I think he's going to get a lot of run uh, with LeBron James going out. LeBron, uh, he has something going on with his ankle. He exited the game the other night. I'm also in love with Jordan Poole. Uh, This is a guy uh, who over his last seven games has averaged 20.9 points, uh, two rebounds, 2.6 assists, uh, and and he's averaged 3.3 triples. Uh, So this is another guy who's not going to get you a ton on the peripherals, but if you're looking for points – you're not going to find somebody much better on the waiver wire right now. Uh, I I know Burns has been big on this guy as well. Uh, You know, we talked about Steve Kerr has really had a lot of faith in Jordan Poole recently. Um, And and Poole really, you know, Steph has missed, uh, I believe, over that seven-game stretch. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. Steph has missed two of those games. So in five other games, he's still uh, really been a primary scoring option on this team. Uh, so Jordan Poole is definitely a guy that I'd like to add in addition to Markeith. Two other names I'll throw out without going into detail. Tomas Sataransky, or as I like to say, Tumas. So he's just too much, Saturansky. And Matisse Tybul. Those are two guys that I would also be taking a look at. Tybull is more of a deep league ad. And Santaransky is, he's also more in that mold as well, but maybe in a competitive 12-teamer. Yeah,
1: I just want to add about Jordan Poole. He's been really cool and fun to watch over the last month and really in the month of March is when he really started getting his playing time. He's been averaging 26 points a game this month, but he's shooting 54% from the field. So I feel like he's almost a little bit like a Malik monk kind of streaky player where he doesn't do much else besides score. And I'm looking at his peripherals right now. And I mean, his highest rebounds this month is five uh, and his highest assist, or excuse me, his highest assist is five and his highest number of rebounds is four. So if he gets his shooting percentages down to the 45%, something like that, I mean, he's really not giving you anything. But I do think you
0: should ride the, 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 his streakiness right now while you can. Yeah, I like the play. I like that play, Zach. Just to note how good Jordan Poole has been over the last seven days, he currently ranks 15th overall in nine-category formats.
3: And, and I don't think this is a flash in the pan. When a reporter asked Steve Kerr postgame if Jordan Poole was going to still see run when Steph Curry got back, the answer was simply yes, so so I think think Jordan Poole's a guy that's going to continue to see shots even if he's coming off the bench, uh, but you know he's a guy who's going to be to be scoring some points even with Curry back in the lineup.
0: Uh, this reminds me of when uh, <laughs> when Adam was was touting Juan T, and he proceeded to give us a quote from Steve Kerr. So I thought you were just going to ramble off another one, but simply a, a yes, a yes is good enough. That that's good.
3: Yeah, I don't want to take up, I don't want to take up too much bandwidth.
1: This is different though, because to, to, to your points though, Steve Kerr, it wasn't just, Oh yeah, he's going to be in the lineup when Steph Curry uh, comes back because like Zach said, he was already in the lineup and putting up 20 points when, when Steph Curry was playing before he got hurt. Steve Kerr did say he'd be, uh, he wanted to get him out there during crunch time. So that speaks volumes to me and crunch time when a coach wants you, as you're closing to one of the closing five, yeah, that, like that the, speaks I think volumes the Warriors are
0: always missing a six man really, right? Like they were trotting out like Brad Wanamaker for a lot of the season and um just people that weren't really that good, so I think it's great that Jordan Poole finally turned that corner. He got a lot of minutes last year, obviously with Steph Curry out, but he hasn't really been doing much as of until now. Uh, so it seems like he's really ascending, trending player.
3: Yeah, so I wanted to get into some of my uh, hot pickups heading into Week 13, and one of them's one of them's based on the injury to LeBron that we talked about. He had a he went down with a high ankle sprain. He's out, quote unquote, indefinitely. I'm not sure. You know, if, if the Lakers start to lose a few games back to back to back, you know I'm not I'm not sure if we see LeBron sooner rather than later. Uh, I doubt that the Lakers lose eight nine, 10 straight and we don't see LeBron. So so keep an eye on that. Um, a guy I like in his absence is Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, currently 20% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Uh, he's a guy who when in the game that LeBron went down, he took 12 shots in 20 minutes. So his, his usage is like sky high without LeBron and AD on the floor. Um, what you look for in guys uh, when superstars go down out of the lineup, you, you need guys that are going to have the ball in their hands and going to take shots. Taylor Horton Tucker is a guy that's going to take a lot of shots. Uh, so is Dennis Schroeder, and so is Kyle Kuzma. So those are the guys for the Lakers that I'd be looking into. So if any of those guys are on the waiver wire, that's who I want, right? Kuzma's probably not uh, available in most leagues. I mean, he's got the chance to put up like 25, 26 points a game with with AD and LeBron out. Um, so, so for me, I like I like Talon Horton Tucker. I also like Alex Caruso to be honest. He's kind of a scrappy guy. You know, he's he's gonna see minutes off the bench, maybe like a TJ McConnell type, getting you assists and steals. Zach, what do you think about that, man?
2: Listen, man, I love, 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 love this Taylor uh Talon Horton Tucker type, THT. He's going to be huge. Uh, I think this could really be his breakout here uh, with LeBron down. Uh, But that also brings me to another point as far as Anthony Davis. Uh, We heard reports earlier this week that he could be out uh, potentially three more weeks or maybe longer, uh, which makes me think that he's going to be out uh, throughout the rest of the regular season. I cannot see the Lakers bringing him back prematurely. I think uh, you know LeBron has been like this for the last 10 to 15 years. He doesn't care about the regular season. Get me to the postseason. Get me the players, you know, healthy that I need. And let's go from there. So I think uh, AD is going to be out for the rest of the regular season, which means that you can, uh, you know, if you can move him for something, great. Uh, If you can throw him in your IL, great. But honestly, he is not a must hold for me anymore. I love your tailing uh, Horton Tucker pickup. But AD, and and maybe you guys will give me a little bit of shit for this, but he's not a must hold for me anymore. If I need a win right now and there's somebody on the waiver wire that I need, I'm cutting him loose, man. I don't see him coming back. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, um, I agree with all of that. And THC, I'm super excited to, to hear. But all of this to me too is points to a guy that we really haven't talked about too much and Montrezl Harrell. And I know he's relatively probably the most rostered player on the Lakers. Um, but that could even be like a buy low. I know he just had uh, 23 points and 11 rebounds and double-digit rebounds the last two games, but he's been really hot or cold. So if you really believe Anthony Davis is not coming back for the regular season and LeBron's going to be out indefinitely, that might be somebody to go after if he has a couple bad games.
3: I agree. I, no, I agree. I, I like Montrez Harrell. The problem with Montrez Harrell is he's not going to enter the starting lineup. But maybe that's not a problem because he's been doing some numbers off the bench,
0: right? For sure. I wanted to ask you guys: Who who do you think currently leads the league in steals?
3: Larry in, Nance. Are talking about t- we talking about steals per game or total steals, steals? steals per game? Steals per game. Tail Maladon.
2: Zach,
0: care to wager, I guess.
2: Yeah, dude, it's the Dortcher Chamber, man. Lou Dort, uh, heavily endorsed <laughs> by Velveeta cheese. is it? Is it? <laughs> there's gold. Is it, in it Lou Dort? Dort? No. That's no, what No, no, that's it's what not. I'm Alex,
0: you got a guess?
1: Man, I, I don't know. Uh, I'll just, I'm just—I'm just i just going to throw out a, a random name and, and just say, uh, I, I don't know. Honestly, I PJ don't know. DJ McConnell. Who is it? Yeah, baby. Oh, man. Woo!
0: How wild is that? Victory How lap wild
1: for is Let's speak, man. Talk we can. about him when right he now. Leads the league. He, just, he just beat my heat twice in that is cr- the week. I don't, I don't like that guy right 15 now. 15 assists the other Ends night. The My goodness. I, know, I need to fact guy. check it, but McConnell I can't right
0: remember now. the last time someone off the bench led the league in steals. That is impressive.
1: Ooh. Maybe Marcus Smart a couple Let's years Let's talk ago about
3: three fantasy MVPs this season, right? Nikola Vucevic, one. TJ McConnell, two. Jeremy Grant, three. What do they all have in common? They all were drafted by the Philadelphia 76ers. That's hey, all I have to say. Take it home. Hey.
1: I don't think i'm ready to call tj mcconnell a fantasy MVP.
2: <laughs> i mean but he's been he's he, been pretty damn but he's he, been great he, he, abso-
1: he's, he absolutely he's is gonna
2: be on a lot of winning teams
1: this year though He's been you could say he's like been like a, a top waiver wire ad but he's been kind of inconsistent though right wouldn't you say like he's had some big games don't get me wrong and it was a it's a great call and you should have him
2: if he's
3: available but oh, james I don't know james robinson was a great pickup
2: <laughs> oh god not james robinson man we can't do this here but yeah, so that's
0: a, yeah, that, that's a great call, man. So let's go into another discussion here about players that are abnormally providing a lot of assist value. So point Zion, I, I bring up Zion Williamson because over the last three games, he's been averaging over, over five assists per contest, which is extremely high for someone that's known as like, you know, the Charles Barkley of this era. Um, and also DeMar DeRozan's another guy that's been seeing a surge in assists want to get your guys take? is this for real and also tobias harris is another guy that's also been quite active as a facilitator
1: the rosen's real and zion is fake that's my short answer for that
3: i think i think zion's really kind of changed his game a little bit i, I think he's more real than we give him credit for and I, especially if lonzo's on the move Lonzo's the guy who gets the 7-8 assists per game. If he's on the move, Eric Bledsoe's not a point guard. Nikhil Alexander-Walker's not a point guard. So I really do think we could see point Zion. Nikhil Alexander-Walker had, I think, one assist in 30 minutes on Sunday. Yeah, but who spends
1: uh, the most time with the ball in their hands in New Orleans? I think Brandon Ingram does a lot. I think Zion, or uh, not Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball is great on fast breaks, gets the ball out to shooters, Can you know he's been shooting the three really good. I just feel like Brandon Ingram's value will increase as a distributor if uh, and when Lonzo Ball gets traded. I'll
2: tell you what, man, I definitely think he's for real. Uh, He's averaged three and a half assists per game this entire season. I mean, that's season average last 14 games, 4.4 assists. And as Dan mentioned, the last three games, he's been even better. Uh, I definitely think that's part of his game. Um, And if we talk about, you know this generation's Charles Barkley. I think that's a really bold comparison, but I mean, it, can we really say that Zion has not lived up to the hype? Uh, you know, over the last two years uh, since being drafted. I mean, I know he missed a lot of time last season, but since he's come on, he's been huge, right? I mean, this season he's averaged twenty-five points, seven rebounds, three and a half assists. Uh, the only thing he's really missing is a three-point game. This guy is this guy is incredible. And he's the type of guy that you want to have on your fantasy basketball team. Yeah,
0: I think it's a switch of Stan Van Gundy's philosophy to decide to run the the offense through Zion. And, and I think that may be the differentiating factor, whether this is real or fake. If they continue to do it, Brandon Ingram has been their primary facilitator. So I think having that combination of both of them doing it, obviously, Eric Bledsoe, as you pointed out, not really a factor. Alonzo Ball getting out of the way. I think there's going to be more opportunities for him to do it. But switching to DeMar DeRozan for a second, over the last 10 games, he's averaging 9.5 assists. I think you're right out. I mean, this has to be here to stay. I mean, that's just absurd. Like, <laughs> crazy. Um, 20 points, 3 rebounds, and 9.5 and assists over his last 10 games. And they're coming against legitimate teams, too. Uh, I mean, he does, he's got 8 assists against teams that are, against, with, against teams that are above 500. So he's doing this amongst the league's best. So I, I gotta think that this is here to stay.
3: And and it's not just it's not just his last ten games. He's blowing away his, yeah. his career average and assists uh, per game this season. He's averaging over seven assists per game this season. I don't think he's ever averaged over six in his career previous to the season. So he's taken on a different role for Pop. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and De- Dejounte Murray's been great. We talked about him earlier, but DeRozan really is the facilitator of this team when he's
0: in the lineup. So I think this is definitely real. Right now, what about Tobias Harris? We know, uh, you know, obviously, ever since the the All Star break, this guy's been a complete menace, just playing angry, pissed off basketball, and it's translated to wins for the Sixers, Stans and Embiid. So do we expect that Harris will continue his his uh, facilitating ways throughout the rest of the season?
3: Yeah, he's a freak, man. He's averaging 25 points on 20 shots, nine rebounds, five and a half assists, and less than one turnover per game in the last four games that Embiid has been out. He's trying to prove to everybody that he should have been an all-star, and he absolutely should have been an all-star. So he's absolutely for real while Embiid's out, and you know, God knows how long Embiid's going to be out for. The Sixers need him healthy for the playoffs, so I could see a situation where he's out for longer than people expect.
2: Yeah, I agree, man. He's been huge. He's been that entire team essentially while uh, Embiid's been out, and especially when Simmons is out. Uh, And if you're looking for a guy in DFS to pay up for, uh, you know, he's typically a guy that's not more than, you know, $8,500. So I love that call, man. Yeah, definitely.
3: He's got a big, he's got a big time floor there without Embiid, Mm -hmm. right? So he's, he's definitely, he's definitely a safe cash play in DFS games. I
1: mean, he's their number one option on offense really with Embiid out, right? I mean, like Simmons is not the guy you go to to score, so it's going to be him. Totally agree.
3: So on the, on the topic of Embiid, we talked about LeBron, we talked about Embiid. Those are two guys that were kind of, you know, uh, heading towards, uh, you know, winning the MVP this season, uh. What do you guys think about you know what the MVP race looks like now without LeBron and and Embiid? You know, you're probably looking at guys like Lillard, Jokic. Is it going to be Giannis are, again, or is that not the sexy MVP? Are we MVP not going to mention James Harden? I mean, J- James Harden plays on a team with two, James Harden plays on a team with two other superstars. It's tough Kevin, to the MVP Kevin Durant is right? not. When's playing? the last time Kevin Durant played? And Kyrie uh, Irving fits uh, a lot, probably at the same frequency as Al Horford. Uh, I understand. What are the Bucks without Giannis, right? What are the what are the Nuggets without Jokic? What are the what the trailblazers are probably the worst team in the league without no Lillard. no disagreement there. So Peace. can you say the same can, right. Can you say the same about the Nets? Right. If the Nets have even Kyrie and a little bit of K D, they're probably still the seventh. Those, those team are also
0: ifs, but if you look at Harden's production, it's M V P worthy. Would you disagree? It um, is.
3: I agree. It is. Yeah, no, no, for sure. It, it's gonna be tough to give the M V P to a guy that got traded this season. uh Right, you know, quarterway right. through the yeah, season too. Right. But. I'm gonna flip
1: this conversation on its head. All right, I agree with every single one of those names you guys just listed. But somebody that needs more respect is Julius Randall, and I know we've talked Ooh! about him. This dude has the freaking mix I don't know where they stand right now. I know the, the four from like eleven is super crowded in the East. This guy's averaging 23 points, 11 rebounds, six assists per game. We just talked about how Zion Williamson's been great. Julius Randle's averaging six assists a game. It's been awesome. He's shooting almost 50%, shooting 40% from three and 79% from the line. I mean, I know he's been getting a lot of, you know, his name has been in the headlines and people have been talking about how he is, you know, been really impressive this season. But I mean, honestly, his name kind of does deserve to be thrown in there. I think he should get a couple MVP votes.
3: He's actually the MVP and the most improved player. Yep. He should be. A, he should be a candidate for both at the league's yep. deciding so the awards. So that's the right a way. fair
0: point because I think Joyce Randall actually has a way better standing and most improved player. He's right behind Jeremy Grant, I believe, as number number two on that list. I think that that's a fair place for him. Totally agree with you. He needs to be in consider at least be in the conversation. I don't know about consideration, but be in the conversation yeah, because he's exactly he's I mean. playing with bums, straight up mm-hmm. bums, and they're firmly in the playoff in the playoff race he at least was acknowledged by his peers and the coaching staff and fans as an all-star which is great to see um he didn't get snubbed like tobias harris but i think you're spot on with that because like what he's been doing to change around that franchise has been the largest gap in terms of win-loss margin out of any team that's that's uh, in contention right now
2: are you calling reggie bullock Frank <laughs> and Kevin Knox bums, dude. Yes. This is so disrespectful. Bum sucks. Well, I
1: mean, even even look at what <laughs> look at what Kyle Kuzma said the other day. He said the MVP is as a narrative based award. It's become that. LeBron should have won it six, seven, eight times. I agree with that. I don't think it should be like that, but I, I agree oh, yeah. with that. LeBron, I mean if it was really just based on performance, LeBron should have 6 7, you know, MVPs under his belt. So if that's the case, if it is narrative, what Julius Randle has done, most improved, putting the Knicks in playoff contention, in a spot to strike to get a nice seed, and the stats he's putting up efficiently and he's he's being the leader of that team should definitely be in the MVP consideration. I'm not saying he should win it. I don't think he's the front runner, but should be.
3: At least give give the man yeah, one give, vote. Give him one vote. Give him give him what give him what he deserves. I feel that. I feel
0: that. But you're right. But uh, going back to the, your original person, Dame Lillard, I I share the same argument of like he's balling with bums. Like they wouldn't be anywhere close, especially with C.J. McCollum going down, with your Yusef Nurkic going down early. He's just been carrying them, and he does it. He's doing it at a level of Steph Curry where he was getting his MVPs in the 2015-2016 season. Um, and he's actually a better shooter than Steph Curry this year. So I don't know. I, I think that Damian Lillard also needs his respect. He deserves to be in the conversation, not the consideration. Er-
3: totally agree. Now, now CJ McCollum's back, and he's back for real now, right? He went he went thirty two points on twenty three shots of the other night in only twenty seven minutes. You figure his minutes limit is gonna is gonna you know fall to the wayside there. Uh, does does do Lillard's numbers fall off with McCollum back, uh, back on the floor, or did it just kind of go, you know, I think think he got his Batman, you know, uh, I I think he's got that sidekick. I think, I think. I think you're right. Yep. man. I think I think if anything, if anything, this hurts a guy like uh, Ennis Cantor, who was needed offensively uh, when when McCollum was out of the lineup. I'll tell you who this
1: hurts is Gary Trent yeah, Jr. Yeah, he's cut bait. And, and, oh, yeah, of course, yeah, and I have cut some questions. Mm-hmm. I, he's Ooh. one of the questions we have for Bernsey's mailbag coming up too, so we can talk about him. Yeah, let's get over. let's get into
0: the Bernsey mailbag. Actually, that's a great great segue there, Alex.
1: Yeah. So uh, that was a question that somebody wrote in. I have is is Gary Trent worth holding on to? in twelve team head to head points leagues with CJ McCollum back
2: no no
3: you know i'd rather you know i'd rather have a guy like ty jerome and no, i'm not even kidding that's the thunder up the and, thunder upside there and, man yeah and alex alex touted ty jerome a couple weeks ago yep. and ty jerome ty jerome plays minutes in the 20s the thunder always have guys that are hurt you know in and out of the lineup and it's consistent that ty jerome plays 25 minutes a game you know he, he's not he's not great right he's he's uh you know down eight to ten points you know five rebounds a couple assists a steal i mean there's definitely better guys than gary trent gary trent's uh thing was scoring points in in volume and hitting threes he did that when he was a starter he's no longer a starter so gary trent is i'm dropping drop.
1: it. i agree yep me too drop big time me too all right uh so i think we all agree on that next question this is from dominic on twitter it's a trade question uh, he's in a head-to-head points league. He said he was offered Paul George and Colin Sexton for Carl Anthony Towns and Kyle Anderson. Would you do that trade if you were in his position?
3: I would want Paul George and Colin Sexton. I want nothing to do with – I know I talked about the Grizzlies playing a lot of games. I don't, I don't want anything to do with Kyle Anderson, though. I think his minutes have been trending down. Um, so, you know, that's that's the guy. – you're getting two guys in Sexton and George that are going to – Play and play a lot and, and be good. Uh, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is pro- he might even be a wash with like a Paul George to be honest. So so Sexton is much better than Kyle Anderson for me. So I, I'd want George in it. Yeah, I'm Sexton. going I'm George. There. I'm but going George and has... Sexton
0: as well. I don't, I don't like slow mo at this point. Um, I think his Mm-mm. his uh, fantasy relevance has kind of faded over the course of the last uh, month or so.
2: Yeah, Zach, what do you think? So. Uh, tell me who the deal was again. It was George and Sexton
1: for who again? Carl Anthony Towns and Kyle Anderson in a head-to-head points league. Head-to-head points league? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, that really makes a difference right there. If it was 9-cat, I think I'd be thinking about holding on to, to Carl Anthony Towns but because you're going to deal with Colin Sexton and Paul George's shooting percentages sometimes, that kind of stuff. Um, so I think the, the points league, uh, I agree with you on the other takes, that the Paul George and Colin Sexton is, is the side that I'd prefer.
2: You know what, uh, for the sake of argument, since there's three, three of you guys saying the same thing, I'm going to go ahead and say, I like the town side, uh, Carl Anthony towns over his last five games, uh, 28 points, 8.6 rebounds, 5.6 assists. Uh, this is a guy that's, uh, constantly involved in the offense. Uh, again, he's, he's a guy that's way more valuable in nine cat leagues. We all can acknowledge that, uh, just because of the shooting percentages, the three pointers that he makes, uh, but as far as a points league, uh, you know, if we're talking trades, I think the guy that is the most valuable player and the guy that really puts you over the top, you know, if you're on that side that of the trade, I, I think Carl Anthony Towns is definitely – he's easily the best player out of this deal, right, uh, even over George. So I think whoever gets Carl Anthony Towns, even if you have to overpay a little bit, I think you win that trade. So that, that's the route I'm going.
1: Yeah, and uh, I I think we're all in agreement uh, on that one. Uh, Last question, gentlemen, and then we're going to end this podcast out. Last question, and it's a yes or no answer. Is Marvin Bagley worth a stash in 12 team leagues after he suffered a fractured hand this week?
3: Drop him.
2: I've been out on Bagley forever, man. He's gone, dude.
3: Yeah, no, I'm out. And and actually, you you actually uh, segued into my next thought. Uh, I wanted to wrap the pod up with this. Tyrese Halliburton is a buy low for me. He's he's currently on a minutes restriction, but once that minutes restriction is lifted, he's now in the starting lineup. Bagley's out. I I love we, we love Tyrese Halliburton. You know, a month ago when he was coming off the bench, seeing thirty minutes a game, high usage, played the fourth quarter. That's a guy I want now that he's starting. I absolutely love Tyrese Halliburton moving forward.
2: One thousand percent endorse that, dude. Excellent call. All right, and that brings us to
0: a close. Check back in with us next week where we'll be going over everything in Week 13, all the reactions, rapid reactions from the trade deadline and the movements, the players, uh, who's in new scenarios and somebody you'll want to, uh, people that you'll want to target on the waiver wire. Until next week, see you next time. Peace.